I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What a great joy it is to greet you on today, this Sunday, immediately preceding our climax of the Advent season, Christmas Day, when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, and I want to thank you this morning for the privilege of your time. I want to thank you for allowing us into your space to inform your head, inspire your heart, encourage your spirit to be all that God wants you to be. Remember, you're not watching to make us a big church. We are here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. Our scripture reading today comes from Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, and it reads as follows. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day. We thank you for all that you are doing in us, all that you are doing for us, and all that you will do through us. We pray now, God, that as we make haste to becoming and seeing this Advent season become a reality, God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would be glorified above all else and that your people would be edified. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go to our praise team as they come with Elder Taylor to lift up the Lord. Come on, join in with us this Christmas before, this Sunday before Christmas. Come on and join in with us and let's give God some praise. Praise the Lord, everybody. We've come to celebrate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. His name is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Come on, everybody, let's celebrate Jesus today. Say, we sing, we sing glory, glory in the highest. In the highest. Let the earth Let the world rejoice. rejoice. We sing glory, we sing glory. 
again, y'all. Say, we sing. We sing glory. Let the world rejoice. Father, we honor you today. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We celebrate his birth and everything that he's done for us. We worship you, almighty God. You are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah.
Come on, somebody. We worship. We give you all the glory, God, all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the majesty belongs to you. We worship you. How, God, you are worthy to be praised. And in the midst of the hustle and bustle of this uh, Christmas season, online shopping, tinsel and tree trimmings, gift wrapping and the like, ah, don't miss that it's really a moment of ultimate worship. The manger became an altar. That barn became a sanctuary. The angelic hosts were the praise and worship choir. They came to Bethlehem to worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Put it in the chat if you will. Come on, give God some praise today. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for you are worthy to be praised. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, thank you for today. We thank you, God, for your word, the word that has been read, the word that has been sung, and your word that will go forth during this preaching moment. And we pray now that everything that we do and say will be pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I ask you to sum up Christmas in one word, the Advent season in one word, what would that word be? For some of you, you would use the word peace, peace on earth, good will towards men. For some of you, you would say joy, right? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. For some of you, you would use the word love. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The coming of our Lord was what the birth of Jesus was all about. But how many of you would use the word courage? Courage. See, I submit to you today that while few of you would use the word courage as the first word, the first attribute that would come to your mind when you think about Christmas, the truth of the matter is there would have been no Christmas without courage. Courage was a necessary ingredient across the board when you think about the Christmas celebration. And, and so today for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought the courage to have Christmas. The courage to have Christmas. And when I talk about Christmas, I'm defining it as the coming of the Lord, the birth of the Savior, the recognition that the Son of God had entered into the world and became the Son of Man, that the sons and daughters of men could become the sons and daughters of God. There would have been no crucifixion without Bethlehem. There would have been no resurrection without Bethlehem. The blessing of Bethlehem, what is it about courage that made it a necessary ingredient to having Christmas? 
There are three texts I want you to see today because we're looking at courage in relationship to three characters in the biblical story. And what's interesting is all of them needed courage, but all of them needed courage to overcome something different in order to accomplish something different. But what they had in common was a call, a charge, a challenge to be courageous. First thing I want you to see, if you are going to have the courage to have Christmas, number one, uh, know that your courage will allow you to be used by God. Courage will allow you to be used by God. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, here it is, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph is arguably the most forgotten man in the nativity scene. We sing and celebrate the shepherds who came. We sing and celebrate the wise men who came. We talk about Mary. We, we, we talk about the baby Jesus, but, but we don't talk a lot about Joseph. He, he's a forgotten man. But how different would the Christmas narrative had been if Joseph had operated according to his flesh instead of operating according to faith in what God said. Think about it for a moment. The text says, son of David, do not fear. The angel of the Lord says, do not fear. And here's one of the things I want you to understand. Fear is common. Fear is common. Uh, everybody will have a point of time, a place where they will be afraid. The question is, what will you do with that fear that comes and confronts you? Will you allow fear to take hold of you and paralyze you? Or will you control your fear and flip that fear so that now instead of fear being on you, you can stand on top of fear and you can move and stand in courage? The angel of the Lord says to Joseph, do not fear. Fear not. That which is conceived within Mary is from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph had a choice. He had to decide whether he would hear the words of the angel and fear not and move in courage so that he could be used by God or would he allow fear to keep him thinking and moving in his flesh? My brothers and sisters, listen to me. Nothing will keep you from being used by God more than fear. You might look and say, well, you know what? You're right. Joseph is the forgotten man in the nativity. We don't have a bunch of songs written about Joseph. We don't have a bunch of sermons written about Joseph. There aren't a bunch of verses written about Joseph. 
But Joseph was still necessary to the plan of God. And in order to be used by God, he had to make a decision. He had to move from allowing fear to grip him to walking by faith. Look at what Matthew 1, beginning at verse 24 says. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. That's a powerful phrase. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took this, his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Joseph was so committed to obeying God that the Bible says he would not know Mary in an intimate way until she had given birth to Jesus, it would not only be an immaculate conception, it would be an immaculate birth because the tainted blood of Joseph would not even be present in the birth canal. Listen to me carefully. God has a plan for you, but that plan will never become a reality until you have the courage to obey God and move from fear to walking in faith. Here's the second thing. Number two, we're talking about the courage to have Christmas. Uh, Here's a second example. Courage will allow God to do something to you, in you, and through you. Courage will allow God to do something to, in, and through you. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, Now, please don't miss that. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But, verse 29, she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The angel said to her, verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What is it that God wants to do to you, in you, and through you? That your fear is holding God back. Oh my God, don't miss this. The angel greets her and says, you are a favored one and the Lord is with you. Then he says, do not be afraid because you have found favor with God. But here's what the angel understood. Here's what Mary had to learn. And here's what you need to learn today and what I need to learn today. The favor of God cannot show up when you walk in fear. The favor that God had placed upon her life, the blessings that were on the way, could not be delivered 
if she allowed fear to grab hold of her. Now, remember what I said, fear is natural. In each of these situations, fear was present. And in each of these situations, the angel said, fear not. Some translations say, do not be afraid. There was an assurance that the angel wanted to provide to let Joseph, and in this case, Mary, know that God was with him and that the Lord being in the midst would make the difference with everything that they would go through. Can, can you think back over your life to, to maybe a, a place, a point in time where you missed the opportunity that God had laid out for you because of fear? And can I tell you what many times we do? When fear grabs hold of us, and, and watch this, and fear brings us to a point where we say no to God. We say no to God's favor. We say no to God's blessings. And when we realize that God-given opportunity is gone, many times to feel better about it, we'll say something like this, well, God must not have wanted me to have it. It must not have been God's will for my life. I'm here to tell somebody today, as you get ready to celebrate this Advent, but even beyond that, as you get ready to go into the next year, please, my brother, please, my sister, don't miss the relationship between fear cutting off the favor of God in your life. The pronouncement had been made, the proclamation had been made, the angelic announcement had been given. But the angel says, don't fear, favored one. Don't, don't fear the one with whom God is. Don't fear. Let God do something to you, in you, and through you. My brothers and my sisters, what God has for you can never be fully realized apart from you having the courage to claim what God has already named. You've got to have the courage to trust and obey God. You've got to have the courage. God may have named it, but you've got to have the courage to claim it. You don't believe me? Come here, children of Israel. Promised land. God has issued the proclamation. He has given the promise that you will walk into a land and you will drink from wells you did not dig. You will pick from vineyards that you did not plant. You will be blessed and highly favored. And a generation died in the wilderness because they were unwilling to have courage in what God had said. See, the opposite of fear is faith. But faith is always planted, the seed of faith is always planted in the soil of courage. Come on, somebody give me an amen right now in the chat. I'm telling you, the seed of faith must be planted in the soil of courage. See, it doesn't matter how much faith you have. If you plant it in bad soil, you, won't, you will not get a good crop. 
You've got to plant the seed of faith in good soil. Courage will allow God to do something to you, in you, and through you. Let me get to the third and final thing, and then I'm going to let you go. Number three, courage will allow you to find what God has for you. Courage will allow God to find, allow you to find what God has for you. What does God have for you? How are you going to find it? You can't find it without having the courage to obey and trust God. Listen to what the text says, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great, there it is, fear. And the angel, verse 10, said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Stop right there. These shepherds are doing what they always do. Come on, stay with me here. The shepherds are watching their flock by night. That's what shepherds do. You, you watch your flock to make sure the predators who come after flocks at night to make sure that those predators are staved off, to make sure that the flock is protected. The shepherds are watching the flock, and here comes a divine interruption of their normal modus operandi. Here comes an angel shaking things up. And the Bible says they are what? Afraid. They are fearful. And the angel says to them, fear not. Fear not. I've got a divine message for you. And he shares with them the birth of our Lord in Bethlehem. Now, here's what's important for you to get. The shepherds have to make a decision. The angel has spoken, has recognized the potential possibility, if not the very presence of fear. The angel tells them to fear not, gives them the divine message. The angelic, come, angelic host comes in and sings. And now the shepherds have to make a decision. Here's the decision they have to make. Are they going to stay where they are? Or are they going to go where the Lord gave them the opportunity to go? I told you courage will allow you to find what God has for you. God had for them what he wanted them to see. And the Bible says, in the midst of seeing what God had 
for them, they could only see it if they had the courage to move from where they were to where God wanted them to be. They were not in Bethlehem, and they were not going to see the baby Jesus in the field. They had to move from the field to that manger in order to see the baby Jesus so that what the angel said they had a possibility to see would become a reality. Here's my point. They couldn't see it without the courage to believe and the courage to have faith. Fear can keep you from finding what God has for you. Fear can keep you from seeing what God has for you. You will, if you are not careful, allow fear to cause you to explain away the miracle that God wants to bring in your life. Let me say it again for somebody because you missed it. If you're not careful, you will allow your fear to cause you to explain away the miracle that God wants to do in your life. You will not see the great and glorious things that God wants to do if you allow fear to control your life. Somebody today, take courage. Take courage this Christmas. Peace is wonderful. Joy is lovely. Love is amazing. But can I tell you something? Have the courage this Christmas. Have the courage to allow God to do something in your life that he could not do if you would not believe him. Have the courage. Get ready to allow God to do something to you, in you, and through you. Get ready and allow God to show you what he wants you to see. And recognize that you cannot see it as long as you're looking through the lens of fear. Somebody said fear is false evidence that appears real. They use that acronym. But I got news for you. Fear can be real. It can be real, y'all. Don't, don't fool yourself into thinking fear is not real. Fear is real. But can I tell you something? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. God is with you, and if God is for you, he's more than the world against you. Remember, the opposite of fear is faith. Before the seed of faith to germinate and grow in your life, it must be planted in the soil of courage. And if you do that, you'll find the blessings that God has for you. If you do that, you'll not only be able to have the courage to have a Christmas like no other, but you'll be able to move into the next year ready to receive every blessing that God wants to bring your way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Help us now, God, to exercise the courage that we need to do whatever you have called us to do so we can do what we've never done, so we can go where we've never gone, and we can finish what you have started in our lives. Bless as only you can, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Well, I want to thank you today for being with us. And my hope and prayer is that you've been blessed, my brother, my sister. I pray that that the Holy Spirit right now will begin to show you the areas in your life where, where fear has paralyzed you, where fear has held you back and kept you from walking in the favor that God has for your life. And I pray that you would make up in your mind, no more fear. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to exercise courage in what God has said. Now listen, if you need Jesus Christ in your life, remember there's only two kinds of people in the world, people who know Jesus and people who need him. If you need the Lord in your life and you want to, want to know how to accept Jesus Christ in your life, um, if you're on the chat room, you can request somebody to get in contact with you privately or you can go to our website or go to the app and say, I want to become a Christian. But how? How do I become a Christian? And we'll show you, I'll walk you through via video how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life so that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have acted by faith and asked the Lord into your life. If you are a new believer and you're trying to figure out what do I do next, uh, there's a link on our website page and our app uh, I'm a new Christian. Now what? What do I do? And we'll give you five steps on what you need to do in order to begin your walk with the Lord. And if you're looking for a church home, uh, we would love to have you become part of our church family on a virtual platform. Uh, will we get back into church? Eventually we will. But in the meanwhile, wherever you are, and it doesn't matter if you're in Houston, if you're in the state of Texas, if you're in the United States or you're anywhere in the world, uh, we want to help facilitate your discipleship. And we are excited about what God is doing here at our church to become, in essence, a spiritual fulfillment center so that we can encourage you in your walk with the Lord. So if you would click on that link, um, how to become a member of the church, I'd like to become a member of the church, we can help facilitate your growth in the Lord. I want to say thank you publicly to all of our volunteers. This has been a tremendous year. As you know, since March the 13th, uh, we have been basically shut down and shut out of our sanctuary. But what the devil meant for evil, God turned it around for our good. The devil thought he had us when he had proclamations made for churches to stop gathering and didn't realize that when the building closed, God just moved the church to every home. And so while churches were closed, God was opening up churches in every home and making the family the center of worship again. And I want to thank you for allowing us into your personal space. I want to thank those volunteers who've been coming out all year. We saw our food pantry work that we do every week go up exponentially. It grew some 2,000, 2,100% since COVID-19 got started. And we have blessed thousands of families and thousands and thousands of people since we have gotten started with this food pantry. To date, you know, we have given away more than a half million pounds of food through our food pantry. And I want to thank Pastor Sloan, our Director of Missions and Outreach here at Good Hope and 
the entire volunteer team, our operations staff led by Mr. Travis Rucker and all of our staff members who have been participating in this, all of our members who have been supporting this, and those of you who may not be members, but you felt led by God to be part of this. And we're still blessing families, and we'll be doing so throughout this week as well and moving into the first of the year. Thank you so much for allowing God to use you. We're still supporting our missionaries who are on the field because if there's ever been a time we needed the Lord, we sure do need him now. And so we want to continue to share the gospel message. Last but not least, don't forget God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. So let's praise God as we move to the climax of the Advent season. And uh, make sure you join us on Thursday. No, Friday. Make sure you join us on Friday for our Christmas devotional. All right? Gather your family members and friends. The first airing, I think, will be at 10 o'clock. Don't forget our daily devotional, Let's Have Christmas. Find us on Facebook, any social media platform. Listen, we want to help you have the best Christmas you can possibly have. All right? God bless you, and God be with you. That's my prayer. Time to encourage the person that may be next to you. Tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, say it. Oh, God, God is, is doing, doing something, something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in you. Something awesome. Something awesome and incredible. That only he will get the glory. Oh, God, God is, is doing, doing something, something wonderful. wonderful.